Twitter, Facebook, Google, Apple, and Amazon collude to crush conservatives. No matter what you think of Trump's character or rhetoric, I've never been a fan of either, his presidency accomplished many great things for America, perhaps chief among them getting the left, especially big tech, to expose its purulent underbelly. The real power today rests in the delicate fingers of the tech oligarchs sitting behind their screens, moving walls to trap Americans in their prison-like mazes, equipped with virtual solitary confinement cells and freedom-crushing language rules, euphemistically called community standards and policies. Trump was the immovable force that stood for a brief moment in their way. The tyrannical nature of leftists has emerged more fully following the indefensible and shocking 90-minute assault on the Capitol. The fury of those robbed of faith and family by leftist ideologies turned from the theft and arson of businesses and police precincts, targets Dems couldn't have cared less about, to the Capitol. The monsters who were created and abandoned have turned on some of their Frankensteinian creators, that is, congressmen and women. Yes, Leftist ideologies create lawless anarchists on both the left and the right. Violence is the business of fatherless, faithless, anchorless young men. Always has been, always will be. After seven months of lawless leftist anarchy, during which CNN, AOC, and scores of other leftists defended and egged on alienated leftist anarchists who attacked symbols of government, law, and order, alienated far-right anarchists decided to attack a symbol of government, law, and order, too. Of course, Congress hasn't worked alone on the pernicious project to destroy humans from conception to unnatural death. Leftists and rhinos in Congress colluded with, among others, leftist academics, Hollywood, Christian apostates and heretics within the church, and propagandists who self-identify as journalists. Big techies have been colluding during a long game of 3D chess, while Republicans have been in a corner playing tiddlywinks and occasionally wondering where their winkies disappeared to. Word, they disappeared long ago during the great gelding of Republicans in year... Oh, I can't remember. It was so long ago. And now we're on the verge of the great purge of conservatives from society. Those who had eyes to see discerned the oppression goose-stepping toward the center in stocking feet. Those with 25 vision tried to warn the flocks. They're still trying to warn them. But the tyrants are now in our midst, and they're replacing noise-canceling socks with speech-canceling jackboots. The center is not holding. First, Twitter suspended the accounts of President Trump, General Michael Flynn, and Sidney Powell. The collaborators at Google, Apple, and Facebook joined in the effort. Next came Amazon banning Parler, the up-and-coming competition for Twitter, from its web hosting service. Apparently, Jack Dorsey held his breath and stomped his feet at the mere thought of competition. Once servers refused to host social media platforms like Parler, those platforms are toast. This is Big Brother on steroids. And then there's CNN Business reporter Oliver Darcy, who wrote, quote, It is time TV carriers face questions for lending their platforms to dishonest companies that profit off of disinformation and conspiracy theories. After all, 
It was the very lies that Fox, Newsmax, and OAN spread that helped prime President Trump's supporters into not believing the truth, end quote. This from the news organization that refused to ask Biden any hard questions before the election and that censored news stories in order to shovel Biden, the malleable and dim marionette, into the seat of power. Even a Democrat lawmaker got into the rollicking censorship fun. New Jersey Assemblyman Paul Moriarty, distant relative, perhaps, of Professor James Moriarty, arch-nemesis of Sherlock Holmes, when Moriarty texted a Comcast executive with this subtle message, Fox and Newsmax, both delivered to my home by your company, are complicit. What are you going to do? Three exclamation points. You feed this garbage, lies and all. End quote. Some conservatives have declared that they refuse to be forced off Facebook. They don't see that the tech oligarchs, now including Bezos the bazillionaire, are not trying to force them off. Quite the contrary. The oligarchs and overlords are trying to keep conservatives trapped in their virtual maze-like prisons. They're trying to prevent conservatives from leaving by cutting off all other means of communicating ideas in the public square or with friends. If you want to communicate far and wide with old friends and new, you will be able to do it only on platforms created by the oligarchs and overlords and only within the speech parameters they create and impose on their neutral platforms. The tech oligarchs don't want us to leave their fiefdoms. They want us to stay and remain under their sclerotic, poisoned thumbs. It's not just conservatives who are concerned about tech tyranny. Kate Ruane, attorney for the ACLU, issued a statement via Twitter last Friday saying, quote, it should concern everyone when companies like Facebook and Twitter wield the unchecked power to remove people from platforms that have become indispensable for the speech of billions, end quote. And Kevin Roos, technology columnist for the New York Times, echoes the worries of many on both sides of the political aisle, but mainly on the right, about the power of social media wielded with no accountability and no transparency. And I quote him, Above all, Mr. Trump's muzzling provides a clarifying lesson in where power resides in our digital society, not just in the precedent of law or the checks and balances of government, but in the ability to deny access to the platforms that shape our public discourse. Mr. Dorsey and Mr. Zuckerberg's names have never appeared on a ballot, but they have a kind of authority that no elected official on earth can claim. End quote. All tyrants use crises to expand powers that are never relinquished. They inflame public fears about threats to their safety from disease, from foreign enemies, or from dangers lurking in their midst. They are skilled at fomenting social division, imposing censorship, and disseminating propaganda to acquire more control. What's next? Facial recognition cameras everywhere? Then a social credit system like China has? While leftists have spent four years calling Trump a Nazi, a tyrant, and a dictator, did he ever try to do what leftists are doing now? Has Trump or any other Republican ever attempted to compel or censor speech? 
And this is what never-Trumpers in their small-minded obsession with Trump's pugilistic rhetoric have brought to our doorsteps. Never-Trumpers with their beady little myopic eyes still can't see that without Trump's pugilism, leftists would not yet have revealed their game plan. Because, unlike Trump, leftists like the unctuous Obama and arrogant oligarchs in charge of big tech, which is to say our lives, are more practiced at the art of political deception. Leftists and rhinos scorn the idea that drove thousands of law-abiding non-insurrectionists to Washington, D.C., which is that the election was stolen. Curiously, those same scorners keep their gimlet eyes and forked tongues focused on the Kraken, never acknowledging other concerns of non-insurrectionists, like, for example, what liberal Democrat and Biden voter senior research psychologist at the American Institute for Behavioral Research and Technology, Robert Epstein, a Democrat who voted for Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden, said in Senate Judiciary Subcommittee hearing on the Constitution in July 2019. Here's what he said. Google presents a serious threat to democracy and human autonomy. Data I've collected since 2016 show that Google displays content to the American public that is biased in favor of one political party, a party I happen to like, but that's irrelevant. No private company should have either the right or the power to manipulate large populations without their knowledge. Democracy, as originally conceived, cannot survive big tech as currently empowered, end quote. Epstein's earlier research showed that millions of votes were shifted to Hillary in 2016, and post-2020 election research showed that millions were shifted to Biden by Google's tricksy algorithms. They're also ignoring what liberal Democrat Ron Wyden said in February 2020, and which sounds a lot like what conservative non-insurrectionists are being pilloried by leftists for saying. And I quote him, I fear the 2020 election will make 2016 look like small potatoes. The list of threats and vulnerabilities is enough to give you a migraine. There were the ES and S voting machines that for years came with pre-installed remote access software. There's the fact that Russia hacked an election vendor called VR Systems in the summer of 2016. VR Systems machines in North Carolina malfunctioned on election day that year, and one polling place had to shut down for hours. It took two and a half years before the Department of Homeland Security investigated what happened. Right now, many election officials across the country are buying election systems they believe are high-tech, but they're vulnerable to hacking and out-of-date the moment they come out of the box. There is the spread of mobile voting apps like Votes that have never been vetted by top security experts. There's a reason cybersecurity experts have been sounding the alarm for years, warning that putting computers between a voter and their ballot is a recipe for disaster. What happens when the glitch changes a candidate's vote totals by just 2 or 5% instead of 50%? What happens when a glitch shuts down machines in some precincts and not others, disenfranchising voters and skewing election results? Five states still exclusively use hackable paperless voting machines, and nine other states still use paperless machines in some counties. The problems are daunting, but the solutions are clear. 
My bill, the PAVE Act, mandates the three key priorities that experts most universally recommended. Paper ballots, routine post-election risk-limiting audits, and federal cybersecurity standards for election systems. Senator Klobuchar introduced the Senate version of the SAFE Act, which I'm proud to co-sponsor. The SAFE Act has all three key elements recommended by our nation's top cybersecurity experts, paper ballots, security standards, and post-election audits, as well as the funding necessary to make sure states can live up to the new standards, end quote. There's another obstacle to the oligarch's domination of infinity and beyond. It's Senator Josh Hawley, virtually the only congressman to take on big tech by calling for social media platforms to lose Section 230 protections from liability. Section 230 protections apply to neutral platforms, which Twitter and Facebook, with all their censoring, deplatforming, and slammer tossing, clearly are not. So, the whip smart and courageous Josh Hawley needed to be taken out by the delicate fingered. His efforts to demonstrate that Pennsylvania's illegal and unconstitutional extension of the voting deadline matters, provided just the opportunity the slimy tech oligarchs, Dems, and Rhinos needed to take him out. The problem for the delicate fingered and their congressional collaborators was Hawley's objections alone would not have been sufficient to take him out. The oligarchs, conscience-free Dems, and Rhinos needed something more. And then the anarchists gave them the crisis they needed. Flying to their virtual barns, the oligarchs and collaborators hauled out their awaiting pitchforks, tar and feathers. Sparks flying from their fingertips, they demanded Hawley resign and accused him of contributing to an insurrection. Then, more gelded Republicans came creeping out of their dark corners, squeaking in their high, castrated voices that they would no longer support Hawley's effort. Somehow, the well-respected and reasonable journalist Byron York didn't notice how crazy the idea that Pennsylvania violated the Constitution was. In a piece titled The Election Lawsuit Trump Should Win, York wrote, quote, The court fight over Pennsylvania's election rules involves a fundamental issue that is important to all 50 states. Putting aside the specifics of the Pennsylvania situation, the matter concerns a hugely important principle, which is the constitutional authority of state legislatures to make election laws for their states, end quote. York's essay is an important read for anyone who may not know the details of the Pennsylvania mess. Not even Trump is guilty of incitement to insurrection, let alone Hawley. In an editorial in the Wall Street Journal, attorney Jeffrey Scott Shapiro, known during his years as a D.C. prosecutor as protester prosecutor, writes that, quote, the president didn't mention violence on Wednesday, much less provoke or incite it, end quote. There's something rotten in the upside-down, ruled by the oligarchs and administered by their algorithmically determined minions who control the speech by which ideas are disseminated. Somewhere along the life journeys of the oligarchs, they lost sight of the meaning of the First Amendment, which was intended to protect unpopular speech, not just the speech leftists like. Who knows? 
Maybe one day the only way conservatives will be able to communicate is via underground newspapers. So hold on to those dinosaur printing presses, my friends. I think we're going to need them.